From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we bring analysis to top stories out of our radio newsrooms across the country. Today, On Deadline looks back at the long and historic life of Senator Dianne Feinstein. Feinstein died last week. At 90, she was the oldest member of Congress at the time of her passing. There were lots of conversations at the end of her life about whether she was too old to serve, but supporters will tell you that age debates shouldn't be her legacy. Feinstein was so much more than that. She was a pioneer for women in politics. At one point, she was seriously considered as a vice presidential contender by presidential nominee Walter Mondale. The slot went to Geraldine Ferraro, the first woman to run on a major party ticket. In 1992, when Feinstein won her Senate seat, she was the first woman from California to do so. Five other women, including California's Barbara Boxer, were elected to the Senate that year. Historians often call it the Year of the Woman. Prior to her time in Washington, the San Francisco native graduated from Stanford University. She spent 10 years as the young mayor of her hometown, winning election in 1978 after Mayor George Moscone and Councilman Harvey Milk were assassinated by a former supervisor. A year later, she won her first full term, becoming the city's first woman to be elected mayor. Feinstein would serve another term and survive a 1983 recall attempt. Afterwards, she had more than 30 years in the Senate, where Feinstein was on numerous committees and served as the chair of several of them at various times. She was the first woman to be the top Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Feinstein led a bipartisan effort to improve the fuel efficiency of cars, fought for LGBTQ rights, championed for the preservation of California's Mojave Desert, and helped create the nationwide Amber Alert Network. And those are just a few of her accomplishments it's undeniable that she made a lasting impact on American politics. To share more on what she faced as mayor of San Francisco in the 80s, Dr. Mervyn Silverman, the former San Francisco health director and past president of the American Foundation for AIDS Research, joined Odyssey in the senator's hometown. While serving as mayor of San Francisco, Senator Dianne Feinstein steered the city through one of its most challenging chapters, the 1980s AIDS crisis. Throughout her political career, Feinstein stood as one of the nation's early champions for gay rights and anti-discrimination laws. For more, we're joined on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Dr. Mervyn Silverman, former San Francisco health director and past president of the American Foundation for AIDS Research. Uh, Dr. Silverman, can you take us back to what it was like in San Francisco in the 1980s, what it was like for AIDS victims and for the people of the city? Well, in the initial time of that, um, right in 1981, we didn't know what was causing AIDS, how it was transmitted, or how to treat it. And San Francisco was realizing whatever this new thing was, we were getting hit pretty hard. And during that time, any request that I made to the Board of Supervisors was approved by them and by Diane Feinstein every time. So we were funded as fully as we could possibly be at that time. And she was totally supportive, as you said, of gay rights and totally supportive of funding for HIV and AIDS. Now, we know that Governor Ronald Reagan ignored the AIDS crisis for a long period of time. He wouldn't even mention it. But the rest of the nation must have learned something from San Francisco's response to the crisis and how hard San Francisco was hit. Absolutely. In fact, almost every time we took an action, I would get calls from New York, from Boston, from the mayor's offices there, from the health departments there, checking out what we were doing. I mean, truly, 
we led the nation in those early years. And the, the support we got from the board and the support we got from the mayor was incredibly important at that time. The, during Diane uh, Feinstein, I think it was during her mayoral leadership, she shut down the bathhouses. How important was that? And it was not without controversy. Many in the LGBTQ plus community were not happy. No, they weren't. And uh, ultimately, we did shut down the bathhouses after we were unable to get them to cooperate in educating the gay community and after we were sure that the gay community understood how it was spread and how it could be prevented. We did close the bathhouses. It created some controversy, obviously. But I think ultimately uh, San Francisco and the rest of the country supported that move. Well, because of you, because of the Board of Supervisors, and because of Diane Feinstein, lives were saved. Any idea how many lives were saved as a result of the policies you were able to institute? That would be very hard to determine, but you can surely believe that San Francisco was probably in the forefront of saving lives compared to all of the other major cities in the country. Despite her record-breaking career, Feinstein had critics on both sides of the aisle. She wasn't afraid to take on controversy, including leading a 10-year ban on assault weapons that President Bill Clinton signed into law in 1994. Two years later, she co-sponsored the law that repealed a ban on same-sex marriage. She also wasn't afraid to cross the aisle. She stirred controversy after the highly partisan hearing on Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett, an arch-conservative. Feinstein called the session, quote, one of the best sets of hearings that I've ever participated in, and hugged Republican Lindsey Graham and thanked him for leading the hearings. She was such a divisive figure that early in her career, she survived an assassination attempt. If this week is the first time you're hearing that, you're not alone. In 1976, Feinstein became the target of the New World Liberation Front, an anti-capitalist terrorist group. Members of the NWLF attempted to assassinate the then-member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors by putting a bomb on the windowsill of her home. However, the bomb failed to explode. Later, the group shot out the windows of her house in another attempt that failed. Decades later, critics called Feinstein out for her decision to stay in office even as she was suffering from health-related issues at the end of her life. Gray Davis, the former governor of California, joined Odyssey in L.A. to discuss her legacy in light of this criticism. When you heard the news, what were the first thoughts you had? Uh, just sadness. Over the decades, we became very dear friends. She gave me a painting about 10 years ago that still hangs in our condominium. She, she was a force of nature, and I don't think people appreciate how dominant and how effective she was. I'll give you one example. She'd been in the Senate for two years, 1994. Uh, the Judiciary Committee had all males, 90, 96 men in the Senate, four women. And yet she was able to persuade her colleagues to adopt a ban on assault weapons at a 10-year sunset clause. Uh, it had never been done before. It worked. There were far fewer mass shootings, far fewer purchases of assault weapons. Uh, and no one has been able to reauthorize that since. So to be a freshman senator, male or female, and get a change of this nature is almost unheard of. To be a woman unthinkable, but she proved all her doubters wrong. Senator Biden said early on, the chair of the committee, if you can get that done, it's a tall order, I will put it in my uh, legislation, and it became part of the legislation, it became law. So she did nothing else, and she did plenty of other great things. 
we need to honor and salute her for that. Absolutely. And uh, I, I think that her legacy remains intact. There was concern, though, there at the end of uh, some health issues she was having and a few times when she appeared in the Senate to have some difficulty understanding where she was. Do you think that that's going to tarnish her memory at all? Or is her stature just so much that of a giant that no one's even going to think about it? Um, you know, I think those comments were made under the pressures of being in the Senate. I think those concerns are just going to fade and evaporate. I mean, give you another example of what she accomplished. So she had a very strong environmental bill protecting the desert, particularly in Southern California. It took years to get that through and forth so people can hike, enjoy it. There's still room for bike riders, so everybody gets what they need. She was very much someone seeking common ground. When I think of Dianne Feinstein, I recall the days when Ronald Reagan was president. He was Jerry Brown's immediate predecessor. So I got to know him during the transition way back in 74 and 75 to Jerry Brown. He would have every Wednesday at five o'clock, he would have a Democratic speaker, Kip O'Neill, come over and the Republican president and the speaker would just be the two of them in the room. And they would try and figure out if they had any common ground. And if they did, but enact legislation and get something done for the American people. Diane Feinstein was very much cut out of that mold. Feinstein was undoubtedly a trailblazer. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal joined Odyssey in New York City to talk about her lasting legacy. Senator, there are more females in the U.S. Congress than ever before certainly more than when Dianne Feinstein first went to Washington. She really has been a trailblazer for women in D.C. Not only for women, but for the idea of protecting civil rights and liberties and gun violence. She was just relentless. And uh, her smiling, steadfast courage and strength will always inspire me and I'm sure many of my colleagues. I will always remember Senator Feinstein with tremendous admiration and affection as a smart, strong leader and legislator, as well as a very thoughtful, sweet friend. I worked with her on the Judiciary Committee for 12 years, and I was proud to work on issues that she championed tirelessly over decades, like gun violence prevention and civil liberties protection. She never, ever backed down. You mentioned gun violence, and we do remember that Dianne Feinstein ascended to mayor of San Francisco upon the assassination of Mayor George Moscone there. So gun violence prevention seemed to be a a real important agenda for her. It was deeply rooted in her feelings about public service because she found George Moscone literally dying on the floor as a result of a gun wound. And she carried that image and she described it so powerfully in advocating for assault weapon ban and other kinds of gun violence prevention measures. Her real life experience, even though she was never a lawyer, was more cogent and compelling than I think anybody else in the Congress whom I've ever heard. Interesting. Never a lawyer, but she ascended to be chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And she had an insight and sensitivity to both fact and law, a kind of gut common sense that was more valuable than all the legal training that many of us had over the years. She was always full of encouragement and warmth, no matter how difficult the cause or challenge. And 
her persona was so strong that the lack of that experience in the courtroom or in law school really was never a disadvantage for her. I would imagine that today she's being remembered fondly by members on both sides of the aisle. There aren't a lot of things that Republicans and Democrats agree on these days, but I think both sides will have fond memories of Senator Feinstein. Both sides will have very, very fond memories of Diane Feinstein because she was a gentle woman, gentle in her demeanor and her interactions with people, but also really courteous and courageous in a way that I think cut across party differences. She was a woman for all seasons, really, for all parties, and she believed strongly in bipartisanship. She knew that the only way to accomplish things in the United States Senate is to work across the aisle. So I think her model of public service will continue to be enduring and inspiring. California Governor Gavin Newsom wasted no time in filling Feinstein's position. He appointed Emily's List President LaFonza Butler just two days after the senator's passing. Newsom said Butler has spent her entire career fighting for women and girls and has been a fierce advocate of working people. Like her predecessor, Feinstein, Butler will make history. She's the first black lesbian to openly serve in the U.S. Senate. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Barry, and I want to say thanks for listening to the On Deadline podcast, Odyssey's deeper look at a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast to stay informed. Stay informed.